I couldn't even imagine doing that at all. I'm looking forward to putting Brady into retirement again. Have you ever put an e-pill up your butt? <laughs> no. And no putting pills up the butt. Yep. Um, I would think that all of it's overrated. Yes, I would go with that. And so this segment, I don't know what is. So the <laughs> okay. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the program, Willie Show Recovery Stories, exploring addiction and recovery through inspiring personal accounts. My name is Willie. I'll be your grateful garbage head in recovery for the evening, and we take you through this cosmic intergalactic journey. We got Sonny making lots of noise in the background, and also tonight I'm joined by our very special co-host for the evening, the love of my life, the wonderful Webmaster Zeta. Yo. What's up? Hi. Hey, what's happening? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just that Sonny's here and he's whining. Sonny just, has something to say. Yeah, Sonny's got plenty to say and he's been having plenty to say. Sonny, speak. Yeah, that's a good boy, Sonny. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, if you've been hearing a lot of clicky clacking and stuff in the background, that's our dog and there's not much we can do about him. He wants our attention. He right wants now. our attention. Of and uh, Sunny, it's podcasting time. This is your first time with us. Uh, welcome to the program. We, we love having you here. If you're a returning guest, we super duper love you. We adore podcasting. And, you know, we've had a diverse group of guests over the past couple of weeks. Last week we had Dan. And this week, you know, we got McKaylee, Dan's yeah. wife. And that's like, that's incredible. I mean, how many uh, how many recovery podcasts can say that? I don't know. How I don't many. know. Not many. I don't know. <laughs> this segment, I don't know what is. We got new, brand new Uncle Danny button. So Uncle Danny's not going to be here tonight, but <laughs> okay. I can just. I would yeah, you're going to be all of this buttons. overrated. Yes, yeah. I would go it's with terrible. that. At any time, I can and just. And no putting pills up the butt. And yep. it's like, hey. Um, I couldn't even imagine. And we got new all. segments planned tonight. Tonight, I want to bring back a returning guest, and we're going to call this Recovery Jokes with Gregory. Oh. Yeah. So let's get Gregory on the horn. Okay. Hello? What's going on, Gregory? Hi, how's it going? It's going good, brother. So we're calling we're call, we're calling this segment tonight. And and we you're here with Webmaster Zeta. Hi. Okay. Hey Zeta. <laughs> What's the crack, Gregory? <laughs> Just got home. Yeah. Um the YMCA. And went out to dinner at the barbecue outpost in Kerhonson. How was it? It was actually really good. Ten out of ten. And what'd you get? I got a, I got a chicken quesadilla for Cinco de Mayo. There you go. Nice. It was good. Are you drinking really on this Cinco de Mayo? I'm not drinking on this Cinco de Mayo. Fucking congratulations. <laughs> It's a good, Thank you. it's a good night to be so. We aren't either. We aren't either. You guys aren't. No, nah, <laughs> hell no. I got a seltzer. She's got a Canada Dry. I got me a fucking coffee. <laughs> and uh, we so were just we were just reminiscing about how last year at Gabby's in Ellenville, uh, they had a special for twenty bucks: a margarita, a shot of tequila, and a Modelo. <laughs> and at the end of the night, there was a giant brawl that went out into the streets. Uh, last oh yeah, year. I remember that. Oh, I, w- I wasn't there. But... <laughs> you were there for that. 
No, I wasn't there for that. I kind of wish I was. But no, yeah, but me too. It, it made the newspaper. It made the newspaper, and then yeah. this year we saw the advertisements, but the twenty dollars special wasn't on there anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably that smart. Makes sense. Yeah. So are you re- are you ready for my recovery joke of the week? Uh-oh. Sure. Okay, recovery joke of the. I can't, I'm not. I might not laugh. But go ahead. <laughs> I think that's a, no. You have to. You have to laugh. Edit this segment. I don't know what is. That's my Uncle Dan. I have Uncle Danny buttons now. I would think that all of it's overrated. Yes, I would go with that. Uncle Danny, you ready for the joke? <laughs> okay. Okay. See, here we go. So, a woman goes to her doctor's office, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes to the doctor and she's like, Doc, I don't know what's going on with me. I've been experiencing blackouts. I'm having panic attacks. I feel terrible all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the doctor's like, well, um, you know, have you been drinking? And she goes, yeah, you know, I've been drinking quite a bit, but I never used to get blackouts. So the doctor yeah. says, well, I don't know how to break this to you, but I think you may be an alcoholic. And um, she goes, well, I don't know. I, I kind of want a second opinion. And the doctor says, okay, well, you're ugly. <laughs> And this has been Recovery Uh, Jokes with Gregory. What do you say? So you got any? So you got any quick tips for the uh, listeners? Quick tips for the listeners? Yeah, you got anything for us? What's the crack? I don't know. Give me a topic or something. Topic Um, is. Topic is what's a great movie to watch instead of doing drugs all night? Oh, uh, I've been watching on HBO now. Uh, somebody somewhere. Yeah, what's it about? And it's about a woman in Kansas that is dealing with her sister dying. Um, and, uh, but her, actually her parents, uh, her mother is an alcoholic in the movie. Hmm. And, uh, but it's just about a place in the middle of nowhere, Kansas and her trying to like bring herself out of depression from her sister dying. Yeah. But it's, it's actually, it's a comedy kind of in a way. And, uh, <laughs> it hasn't sounded like a comedy so far. I, I just like, I, I don't, I like it cause it's like rural nowhere. Yes. Like, which is so where we like are. People, Right, so I can relate to that. I can and relate to it, dad, too. Her, her dad owns a farm. Her mother's an alcoholic, and she is hiding alcohol over, all over the house, and they keep catching her. And they all drink. Like, they mm-hmm. all drink, but she drinks. She drinks to, like, she's messing things up. She almost catches, like, her 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 granddaughter on fire and all these things like that. Oh, God. So, uh, What's yeah, this called? Yeah, uh somebody somewhere all right well hey this has been gregory's i would recommend it it's really good and and she like she befriends like a lot of she befriends like all like the like the outcasts of the town and they kind of like they they're partying and you know what some of the people are sober in it and some of the people are drinking in it it's really just i like it a lot so i'm gonna recommend it hey did you get a chance last week to listen to dan uh, today, me and Pocky on the ride home. Sorry. Oh, no so. shit. What did you think? 
the intro was long <laughs> from kinks and the Kerhonks, and we listened to mostly the intro well good this and is another long got, intro then we, we got to him and i'm like man this voice this guy's voice sounds so familiar i feel like i feel like i know him like i'm like i think i might know this guy but i you know i don't know so um he sounds like the dude who works at the boat marina where my mom has a boat so i don't <laughs> think so but okay. so this week anyway. we have dan's uh significant other his wife mckaylee Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, so why don't you introduce this week's guest, McKaylee? Uh, McKaylee, uh, welcome to Willie's show, and I hope you have a good episode. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Gregory. Thanks, Gregory. This has been Recovery Jokes with Gregory, our new segment. <laughs> Love you, brother. I'll talk to you later. Fuck yeah, dude. week stay tuned as we mix artificial intelligence a garbage head and uncle danny for a segment we're going to title official intelligence <laughs> right that Can't sounds wait. good yeah, and now so good. without further ado mckaylee Hi. Hello. Is this any different? Sounds perfect. That sounds perfect now? I don't that's, hear the echo. That's my original setup. It's so frustrating. Well, you'll get there. Rome <laughs> <laughs> wasn't built in a day. No, I'm not a brilliant genius. Yet. Hi, welcome, McKaylee. wasn't built in a day. No, I wish it was. I don't, I'm like, I don't know what to do about this podcasting thing. That's I like... Cool. I'm trying to get more and more listeners, and it's like an impossible situation. Slow and steady, I think. It's right? just like I love doing it so much, but like I need the dopamine hit to see numbers go <laughs> up. Does that make sense? It does. So I actually, I've been studying astrology for two years now, and I study under an astrologer. Uh-huh. And I can't tell you how long it's taken me to get one to two readings per month, which is pretty much my average at this point. And it's just, we're our type. Like we're not good at slow and steady. We want like fast, immediate. Uh, and then we want to quit, you know, if it doesn't happen fast enough. It's yeah. Like we are. I refuse to quit. Yeah. Don't quit. You're, I'm not, happening. I'm not quitting. Yeah. You're doing like great service for people. Oh, thank you. So you're, this is all going on. By the way, it's like, that's a great, I like the raw intro that just kind of feeds into a conversation, but why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Cause I know you, but I don't know if anyone else does. So my name is McKaylee. I live in the Hudson Valley. I just had a baby three months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. I am married to someone in recovery. I myself am in recovery, a 12 step program. And everybody, people. If you're a new listener, that information doesn't matter because they're first. They're hearing you first before anyone else. But for anyone that listened last week, you are married to last week's guest. I am. I'm married to Dan. Yeah. On last week, I have a little bit more time than him, though. That's My important. That matters. That's a few months more than him. I think um, that's really critical. 
didn't meet until I was about, well, we started dating when I was two and a half years sober. Uh-huh. So I am, my sobriety date's in November of 2016. So I have about, uh, what's that, six and a half years. Yeah. Do you ever hold that over his head? I do. Yeah. I do. That's really Always. good. That's Always. really good. Does that bother him? <laughs> no, he's cool. No, he's humble. Mm-hmm. He's humble. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's a good husband. He knows that, you know, happy wife, happy life. When did you guys get married? In June of 2021. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's During really the, the mid, mid-pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we're rebellious. We go yeah. 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 So I did you listen to Dan's episode? I did. So I heard him because I'm so nosy. Yeah. That's something about I am like the nosiest person ever. I just want to know everything about everyone. So mm-hmm. like I listened to Dan's phone calls. Like I listened to his work calls and I <laughs> I eavesdrop on him all the time. Like his his um recovery calls like I listened to and uh-huh. like, you should have said this and like He'll come out to tell me stuff about work. And I'm like, I already know that. I heard I heard you. Um, so <laughs> yes. How I, do you listen? How do you listen? I just sit in the other room. Like Oh, so you hear his half of it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So I heard his half and then we listened to it in the car. Um, he wanted to make sure he didn't sound like a D bag, is what he said. Did you guys hear the weird internet y sound or it wasn't too bad? It wasn't too bad. Okay, no. good. I'm really stressed out about it. No, no, it's not like <laughs> it's great. okay. It's okay. Relax. When you were when you were a kid, do you have brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. And I'm the oldest of four. Did you guys you grew up in the time of corded phones? Yes, and I never got off it. So did you were you the type of sister to pick up the phone and walk in the other room and listen to your sister's co- uh, phone calls? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I don't recall. You don't I, recall. No, I was so wrapped up in my own life and with my many phone calls that I had to make. Mm-hmm. So I think I was just unbothered by theirs. I definitely did, <laughs> and I also because I did, I would hear that little click noise, oh. and I would know that my <laughs> sister had came in. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. You yeah. know, it was like a little, it was like, it's like, hey, get off the phone. The faint click. Yeah, that faint yeah. click. Kids these days, man. No, they don't know what it was like. Your was child will not know what a corded phone is. And not only that, like, I realized I was talking to someone today who has a 16 year old, and I'm like, I have pictures of my son since the second he was born up until mm-hmm. like today. pictures every day just stored mm-hmm. on my iPhone. Like, they, she had scrapbooks of her, yeah, with her kids. So, just really interesting time we're living in. But so, I, I played a game with Dan. Okay. Since you listened, right? I know the game, yeah. It was this or that. I loved it. I was like, I can't wait to play it. I can't play this or that with you. No. That's too easy. But I had to. So I've been talking with artificial intelligence for a while now. No, I'm scared of aliens. Okay. So so I asked artificial intelligence. I was like, okay. So I played this or that with my podcast guest last week. I need you to help me come up with different games. So 
this is a hard game. It's much harder than this or that. Like Dan got softballs, but <laughs> we're going to play. If you're willing to finish this sentence, do you know the game? I feel like I know it. So I'll say a sentence and then you repeat, it. you repeat the sentence and finish it. Okay. And this is all brought to you by the help of artificial intelligence. Okay. Okay. The weirdest thing I've ever eaten is. Oh, God. Yeah, these are hard, but I think you got that. You can do this. The weirdest thing I've ever eaten. I mean, I like stuff like kimchi and kombucha. I Octopus. <laughs> Like real, like I could see the eyes, yeah. like the yeah. eyes looking did, at me. Did you eat the eye? I ate everything. It was delicious. I was in France and it was perfection. It gets, this gets harder. I'll probably think of something really, like so much better later. And I'll it's like, okay. Willie, you need to edit the podcast. That's question one. There's five. Okay. And, and this is going to lead into talk about alcoholism, addiction, recovery, things like that, but. Great. The most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me was. <laughs> the most embarrassing thing <laughs> that ever happened to me was many things. However, I think it was when I kicked a cop and Ooh. my whole school found out about it because I was very drunk and it was in the blotter and I went to a very small high school and I was just totally mortified and it really... It, it was not good for my self-esteem and That's it, good. it was, it was That's like a, a crazy scene. And it was at my best friend's house whose mom is like very well known in the town. And that was, uh, that was, it like destroyed uh, the little reputation I had left at that point. On this show, kicking a cop while drunk boosts your <laughs> reputation. <laughs> See, that's why I was like, I want to come on this show. The biggest misconception about addiction is? Biggest misconception about addiction is that an addict can drink or use normally. Yeah. I think some people think that. No, normal people think that. My coworker thinks that. He's like, yeah, no, a couple years down the road, you can just drink Coors Light. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, maybe you could drink Coors Light for a night, for a week, for a month. Maybe That'd be the a- worst thing. That'd be the worst thing if I could drink normally yeah. for a week or a month. Yeah, because then yeah. your addict brain tricks you. Oh, it, hell yeah. It's 10 steps ahead. Like, that's that's what I always say. It's just, it's so sophisticated. It outsmarts me, and it's way smarter than I will ever be. So, like, I mm-hmm. have to be vigilant and, like you know, kind of respect that. Yeah. All right. We're halfway through the, this is uh this is where it really gets hard. Oh God. The hardest part about getting sober is. <laughs> the hardest part about getting sober is in my experience, giving up people, places and things that I was very comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing that I had to say goodbye to some people, some places, some things, and knowing how that that was going to really change my life and how like scary that was going to be. That's a pretty good answer. Thank That's you. Pretty good. Last one. 
This is the wholesome one. Oh, okay. If I could give one piece of advice to someone in early recovery, it would be. If I could give advice to one piece of advice to someone early in recovery, it would be if you're not currently in a relationship, don't date. <laughs> you, you are undateable you, and you don't know it, but you are undateable. This is true. <laughs> and I'm sorry to tell you that to burst your bubble, but you're not who you're, you're not who you will become. So I've been, been married since 2006. And when I went to rehab, I had seen that movie with Sandra Bullock, 28 Days. Yes. I don't know. It's such a bad movie. Someone in eighth grade told me that I was going to be her. Yeah. So I thought I was waiting for the point in rehab where they were going to tell me that I had to get a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was part of the program. And I (laughs) didn't tell her when I went into rehab. And I was really scared about it the whole time. They're like... No, 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 no major changes. So getting a divorce would be a major change. And I was like, oh, phew. I was like, like oh. Step 13. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Paperwork, get your lawyer. Dude, step 13. So I made a joke about step 13 in rehab, and I didn't know it was an actual thing because I didn't know anything about 12-step programs. And they were like, okay, what do you want the topic to be today? And I'm like, step 13. <laughs> and, like, the counselor fucking bugged out on me. He's like, people die because of that. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I don't even know what we're talking about, brother. I thought I just came up with the most clever thing in the world. We're so crazy when we come yeah. and like, And we don't know it at all. Yeah. yeah. That's- I knew it. <laughs> I was lost. I was so gone, dude. I thought I was like, uh, I thought I was smart. I don't know. So let's, let's get there. Um, yeah. I like to talk about. Basically, it's like, give me every single detail of your entire life from as early as you can remember until right now, go. But, like, I like to talk about, like, you know, like, where, where, like you said, like, where are you from? Like, how is it like growing up, you know? Okay, so I grew up in a small town in Westchester County. Mm-hmm. And I'm the oldest of four. My parents were married. My dad definitely was an alcoholic he's since passed away but i grew up in a very tumultuous home my mother is the loveliest person ever my dad had so much potential however was just really in the thick of his disease and i know we're not supposed to you know label someone else else, but i mean real recognize real like Mm -hmm. i he was an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. um that really, really colored my childhood. It was really um, just uh, insane and hectic in my house. And I never knew what I was walking into. I was always in fight or flight, walking on eggshells. I required a lot of attention. And I just was super um rebellious and i was super wild and i really did have like i look at myself as a child and i that's like what i'm actually getting more in touch with now i was very Mm -hmm. creative i was very imaginative i loved to like play outside and lead everyone in all these games and i'd be like this is what we're doing today today we're doing a lemonade stand and tomorrow we're making a movie and 
I just really had like a lot of cool leadership qualities and I love who I was as a little girl. And I think about, you know, if I didn't go down this road, what my life would look like. And I'm so grateful where I'm at today. Um, but had I not grew up in an alcoholic home, I just often think about where I would be now. Yeah. And, um, and also you're the oldest. I am. So yeah. you were like, cause I'm a, I'm a middle child okay. and I have all those middle child um, syndromes, but you were charting the way. I mean, they always say the parents are the hardest on the first child. Is that true? In a sense. In a sense. Yeah. I really had no structure. I had, mm -hmm. I, watched, I mean, I watched MTV before, like I went to school every day and mm -hmm. I know that's not like that outrageous, but it's not that outrageous, but, yeah. but it is but for like, I grew up in a town. It's, it's kind of a wealthy town and we were not wealthy. Mm -hmm. So I felt uh, like an outsider and mm -hmm. a lot of my friends were really wealthy. And I always had like guilt and shame about growing up in this place where I had to deal with my dad and like live at that house and have all these people that seem seemingly had picture perfect lives. I know that that is probably not the case. Mm -hmm. Looking back in hindsight as an adult, but like as a kid and my dad wouldn't come to any of my sports games and everyone else's dad would. And like he lived at home, but he drank and wouldn't come on family vacations. So there's a lot of really difficult emotions that mm. I feel like I had. And I was just I was ready to drink like I had my first drink when I was 15 and I was I was ready to go. And I yeah. loved I loved it. And there was no other substance before that? No, like, uh, huffing gas or, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, those Mr. Sketch Markers, you remember those? Oh, hell yeah. Like, I get my hands on those now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, but I would say sugar and fantasy. Sure, sure. So those are my really my two drugs, sugar and fantasy. Like, like I... fantasy, like books, like... Like J.R. Tolkien or like just like a <laughs> fantasy world? Fantasy world. Like I thought I was going to marry John Bon Jovi. Sure. And that and I would imagine my life when I got older and, you know, like someone whisking me away in some fairy castle. And the you fairy. did. I did. Yeah. And, and you he's from did. Jersey, and so. he plays guitar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And sugar too. Um, like I distinctly remember my neighbor, we were young and she had this like can of frosting. And I was like, oh, we should try that. Um, and we went down to the basement and ate the whole thing of frosting and like got high on it. And mm -hmm. every time I went to someone's house, I'm like, yo, do you have frosting? Like, <laughs> so they're yeah. definitely, they were the escapism. Like I, I just, I wanted to escape and music for me still is of course but music i would put on my headphones when my parents were yes. fighting yeah. and just like go into my zone like i would i would hold them to my ears and just mm -hmm. like, listen and escape that way that would like soothe me yeah i was always in my always always with a set of headphones or even mm -hmm. i always played music to sleep also mm. my mom would be like it's crazy and i was like this is how i sleep you know <laughs> With loud like Green Day Dookie or like you're like a Biggie album. It's like whatever it was like, what pop. Yeah, it's like what the heck. <laughs> um, so yeah. So how about that? The first drink, like you was it a memorable experience? 
Did it do something for you right away? Yes. Uh, it was, I think it was at a friend's house and we had like a teeny tiny bit. And I remember I was friends with all the very square, like popular girls. Mm -hmm. And we all like wanted to try alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. So we try it and I freaking love it. And they're like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? Like, mm -hmm. and that's when I kind of realized, like, I'm going to have to hang out with the bad kids now. Mm -hmm. like, ditch these squares. I, I can't, I can't hang out with them anymore and, you know, get A's in school. And I've, I need to go find kids who are like, cutting class and stealing their parents car and just on the fringe like were you drinking in school by the time i was 17 yeah i literally had to drink every single day my disease progressed so fast that i started drinking at 15 by 17 drinking every day had vodka in my locker and literally stopped going to high school and stayed at home and drank and um even like if i did go to school at all cut half the day and after school drink like i was a full-blown alcoholic by the time i was 17 i could not go a day without vodka could you would your dad was your parents aware of it could you drink at home without too much trouble from it or were you yeah. able to keep it compartmentalized nope i could drink at home they didn't give and, a shit yeah i mean my parents both worked my dad mm -hmm. came and drank. My mm -hmm. mom had so much to take care of. Mm -hmm. And yeah. By the time you're 17, how many other kids are in the house? So it's three others. So it's a total of six people living in the house. Yeah, that was to say, I grew up my, it was boy, girl, boy, girl in my family. We're girl, girl, boy, girl. Girl, girl, boy, girl, poor boy. <laughs> he had three sisters. Oh, man. I know. Were you in charge of any of them? I mean, so my sister, Rachel, she is a year younger than me. Her mm -hmm. and I are like soulmates. Okay, you guys are close. Her and I are, we, we're what you would call an Irish twin. Because yes. we're so close in age. But I truly feel like we're twins. And I feel like if past lives are real, we've been together many times. And mm -hmm. I just, I've... She really is like a soulmate to me in this life. And so her and I, she's sober. Mm -hmm. She has about double my time. Um, she got sober young. She, Are we allowed to say that? I think yeah, so, sure. right? Yeah. 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 Are you yeah. going to send this to her? She's like my twin, I just said. So it's okay. You got to send your twin. <laughs> so this is so just an interjection. You got to send your twin the podcast. Because yeah. then I'll get the dopamine hit from seeing an extra listen. And yeah. then she has to send, like, maybe two of her friends the podcast. We're going to get you those hits that you so desperately want. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is? And I'll go back to your story. But I think, like, what happens is, like, so it's, like, every week a couple people, like, you know, like, it'll be, like, maybe two people don't listen that week. But they're going to listen down the road. Yes. So if I'm not... Getting two new ones, it looks like like I had a little less listens. Mm -hmm. I think about this stuff way too much. Yes, because it probably like makes you feel insecure. But there is so much beauty in the creation process and the process yes. of figuring it out. That when yes. you look back and when you yes. have people coming up to you, like 
oh man, I love that podcast. Like, thank you for doing that. Oh, this guest, I heard something that really helped me today. I listened to you at work. Like, that's why you do it. So like- Yeah, I love talking to alcoholics and addicts so much. Like I love talking to people in general and I have no creativity in my life. So this has filled <laughs> yeah. a void for me. You know, this I has filled always, like something missing. I always say to people that come in, I'm like, find a creative outlet is you're going to yeah. need one in recovery. You're going to need some hobby or some creative outlet um, yeah. that, you know, helps you get in touch with like your inner child. Yeah. Yeah. The little Willie. The little Willie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, he was uh, probably so wild. It was very similar. I was yeah. just a complete goofball. On the outside, I think I presented like a goof and um because i didn't want anyone to know what was going on internally like i hated myself so deeply and so intensely for so long i was talking about this with my wife we were watching that show on netflix beef have uh -huh. you seen that it's have you seen this yet no the characters absolutely hate themselves on such a deep level they just feel like they're bad and i identify i was crying like a baby watching the season finale because i was like that's how i felt and in recovery you know because of working the steps and having purpose like having the purpose of staying sober and helping another's mm -hmm. alcoholic like i don't hate myself yeah which is like fucking incredible it's really wild and you cut through the layers of hatred right yeah, there's like deep, I was the trauma in my life. Like a lot, I'm not saying there was no trauma in my life, but the majority of the trauma was was self-inflicted. You yeah, know what I mean? Interesting when you yeah. find that. When I found out, like, McKaylee is responsible for McKaylee's life. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, oh my God, now I can grow up. Now I can become who I'm meant to be. Now I can step into my power as a person. Yeah. So let's go back to 17 years old, McKaylee drinking vodka every day at school. You love not beer, huh? Well, you can't drink beer at school. That's a waste. That makes no sense. <laughs> like you, you have like, to be smart. Yeah. You could go to the bathroom and chug it or something. Yeah. But, what a waste when you could just put vodka in a bottle. Exactly. And have it work. Yeah. I was getting, this is very common in the rooms. You have so much potential. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, I really, I don't know if this is like controversial, but I just, I also thought school was stupid. And I kind of think today that I'm like smart for thinking that. Um, mm -hmm. Because I was like, why am I learning this? Like, what is this? That did I'm you drop out? I did not. No, I you actually went to college. Yeah. And I finished in four years, which is wild too. But I was, I was like, why are we studying this why am i regurgitating this information i wanted to be more of a free thinker i loved and i still love jim morrison mm -hmm. he is and i know he died at 27 and i know he was a horrible alcoholic but i just always loved him and mm -hmm. um so i was i that's like those are the people i looked up to like Jim Morrison, Eminem, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just these yeah, like rebels, yeah. and yeah. I, I loved how they gave like the middle finger to like 
society and they were like, I'm not fitting into your box. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And so that's kind of what I became. And I became obsessed with memoirs and learning about people who just did things differently. Sounds like um, I've never gotten this from your shares. Like, it sounds like drugs weren't a huge part. Uh, certainly not at this part, you know. Were you were you smoking pot back then? Did that not appeal to you or So drugs are weird a weird part of my story. So I am a booze bag. Like yeah. I love alcohol more than anything. And yeah. Well, anything- it works and it's reliable and you know what you're getting. Yes. So drugs I would incorporate them for a period of time if they helped my drinking in some way. For instance, I'm going to take Adderall because it cures my hangover and it lets me drink and not black out. Oh, it's yeah. It's like a life hack for being a drunk. Yep. I mean, PB and J, like Adderall and, and wine. And, but you always ate it. You weren't like a Adderall sniffer. No, I wasn't. I mean, maybe I did like once or twice, but yeah. And then I had a summer where I took tramadol because I had a busy, I had a lot to do for work. So I really couldn't be hung over all the time. So, you know, I just feel like spaced out on tramadol. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably worse, but there's my logic. And I did Coke for a little bit in high school. Yeah. And- once again, hamburger helper for alcohol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The last time I did Coke was at I Love Lucy's grandson's house. I probably shouldn't even say that, but whatever. Can, can we get a whole story about this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tell us about We got the time for this. All right. Set set the scene. You're at you're at uh, Lucille Ball's grandson's house. I go to high school with a girl who starts dating Lucille Ball's grandson. Okay. I mean, like, I don't know how or why or whatever. She invites mm-hmm. me to a party at their house. There's another grandson, so I'm like, I haven't done coke in a while. I'm gonna do it. I'm doing coke with people that do coke all the time. I blow them out of the water with my Coke use. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I did it probably for six months of my life, hardcore. And then I was done with Coke. Like, mm-hmm. and then I never did it again. But I, I remember the end of the night where I was in his bedroom and he had like a glass container of Coke, like something you'd see in the movies, like very sophisticated and mm-hmm. shooting at a mansion and i'm just like i'm like i can't stop and he's sleeping and he's like he's like get, like, get this animal out of my room basically <laughs> you know? and then my poor best friend has to come pick me up and they like live in the woods and she's like so mad at me because i'm like not answering my phone and she's the nicest person ever and she comes And she's like, I've been driving around for like two hours and I couldn't find this place and you didn't even pick up the phone. And I have like that, I'm like high out of my mind. I'm Mm -hmm. like still kind of drunk. You know that like, Mm -hmm. and just like that awful feeling of like, now I have to face this day. And I distinctly remember, I, I can see my friend's face, her look of disappointment. And that's like ingrained in my brain. Oh yeah, I have a look of disappointment face. That <laughs> not mine. Uh, I I remember the the Zeta, my wife, 
those looks of disappointment. She would look at me like she didn't even know who I was. And I'd be like, don't you know? She's like, actually, I don't know who you are right now. And I'm like, it's me, man. It's just, it's just me, man. And just like, you skeevy looking, like, get out of here. You it's know? such a weird thing, right? Because it's like, yeah, it's me, but it's also not me. It's not. Well, it's just an ego booster. That's what co- cocaine ever just always just like boosted my ego to like a million, <laughs> which was just like you just whatever I was thinking at the time was just off base from reality. You yeah. Know? But you could drink. Yes, you can drink. And I'm high energy by mm-hmm. nature, which I feel like mm-hmm. you are too. Mm-hmm. And like. So for me to, 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 you know, do Coke is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine Willie. Bad deal. <laughs> bad deal. Bad yeah, so deal. Really, like the extent of my drug use. Um, okay. Hey, that's fine. And like, I, I, you know, that's the thing about alcohol. Like you could get Coke five different times and it's a completely different, I mean, who, who cut it with the, you know what I mean? Like, but your glass of vodka is the same. Like yeah. you know exactly what to expect. The uh, the quality control on vodka is perfect. It's yeah. it's part. You know what you're doing. You know you drink because you like the effect produced by alcohol, and you can count on it until you can't. For me, until I can't. Until I couldn't. You know, until yeah. it turns on you. Oh, it turns on you, and you don't know when it's going to turn on you. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. So, is it ever terrifying in high school, or you get out of that mess before it really starts turning on you? It turned on me because I feel like I I lost so many friends mm-hmm. and I lost so much dignity and respect for myself, and I really just started feeling like a shell of myself. And I felt now looking back on it, like I felt ugly. Like I remember this guy really liked me. And he said to me once, you know, you're really unattractive when you drink. And that always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He probably, you know, you should have just told him you don't drink enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we could just stay at a level of attractive together if we stay as drunk. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I'm sure I had some, like, wise-ass comment for him. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you don't drink enough, man. I don't know what your problem is. Yeah, so it turned on me in that yeah. way. I feel like my reputation was just bad. Mm-hmm. People looked down on me. And I don't feel as though people felt sorry for me. Not that they should have. I was obviously crying out for attention. And I obviously had a real problem. But no one ever said to me, like, I think you're an alcoholic. I think you need to go to rehab. I think you need help. Like, I just had people looking at me disappointed. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's not their responsibility, but I'm always shocked at that. I mean, my parents didn't know what to do with me, really. I was. I think people have this, like, weird misconception. Because I was always, from, like, 12, told, like, you've got substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're an alcoholic. Like, um... Like, I was in drug and alcohol counseling in, like, 7th and 8th grade. And I think, and I don't know where it comes from, and I, I could be wrong. It could just be, like, me just being, in, you know, saying something that has no bearing on the truth. I'll check with chat GPT later to see how my AI <laughs> thinks about it. But, like, I feel like people don't 
think that 17 and 18 year old girls, quote unquote, could be alcoholics. Oh, you can't be an alcoholic. You're only 18 years old woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which couldn't be for, we know, we know because we've seen so many young people recover from alcoholism or go down that tubes. Like alcoholism doesn't give a fuck about the number of years you've been on the earth. No. And I think too, you know, once you know you're an alcoholic, you cannot unknow it. Yeah. And it's in you and you know it. And so anytime you go out and drink, like you are betraying yourself, like alcoholism to me is self betrayal. Mm -hmm. And so I protected my disease and I made sure that, okay, I'm going to look good on the outside as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hide at home and drink now because I don't want people to, I don't want to go out and drink anymore. Did you think, so I guess we're at 18 or 17, 18 in your story now, right? Like we're kind of senior to go. Did you think you were an alcoholic? Did that concept cross your mind? Did you label yourself? I knew it. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I knew it. And so I really had to try hard to make sure that I could minimize that other people knew it too. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. everything in my power to to basically be able to continue drinking the way I wanted to drink. And I found friends whose parents were never home and then we would drink at their house and you know I did little things that allowed me to keep going um again hung out with kids who were also ready and willing to drink every day so what does college look like more of the same yeah so I went to college in the city Mm -hmm. because I was like I can't drive anymore this is ridiculous (laughs) like I'm not gonna get a DUI um again protecting smart yeah like really smart yeah i made some smart decisions in that regard and because i i if i get a dui then people are gonna make me stop drinking and i'm not going to do that Mm -hmm. so not to say that i didn't drink and drive uh which oh my gosh i'm sure listen we all poof you know what i mean it's like I think back on some of my drinking and driving, and it's just unbelievable. And and during those periods, I would judge others that were drinking and driving. Like, they were the fucking most pieces of shit scumbags. Meanwhile, I was always drinking. I never drove anywhere sober, like, my whole life. But if you were drinking and driving, there was something wrong with you. My mom once said to me, I came home clearly plastered after having been in the car. I went to, like, another town to some guy's football game. And I come home and my mom is like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, what? And she's like, you are so drunk right now. And it's 3 p.m. and there are school buses out. Like you could hit a child. And that like really made me feel sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I got to move somewhere where I can drink Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not drive and just walk around. And so I moved to a city and I, I mean, I loved it. It's a Mm -hmm place for an alcoholic perfect so what's city drinking like city drinking is yeah as much as you want to yeah and i could drink in my apartment i could go out to brunch i could go out at night and it's fun like i oh yeah going out is fun when you're 18 19 20 21 22 it's a blast 
Yeah. Like I, I had a lot of fun drinking. I was really like a party girl and, you know, I would go to the dark side of course, but I really did have good times and crazy ass times. And mm -hmm. I, I honestly like cherish a lot of those memories. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, just that, really that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it makes a lot, some people, their experience is that they're, What's the line? Like the your worst day sober is better than your best day drinking. No. And it's like, nah. <laughs> not my experience. <laughs> not my experience, dude. Not at all. No. Some of my best days of my life, I was drunk. I will no. say that. Well, some, so yeah. like for me, um, I did a lot of drugs, right? And like for me, I always say like there's nothing trippier than being sober. Like being sober is the most psychedelic experience of my life by far. You know, it is the most bizarre thing. It's insane. It's so yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even believe the things that I see and no. feel on a daily no. basis. Well. But yeah, so then I move around a lot and I eventually end up at this one apartment. I'm like self-sabotaging like crazy though. So I get these good jobs and I can't even go like two months working at them because I feel like such a fraud and mm -hmm. such a piece of shit that I literally just keep quitting jobs and like, I won't, I'll stop showing up for them and yada, yada. So I'm like, I'm getting messier. Right. And I'm like approaching, approaching. So I turned 24. My dad passes away from cancer I'm like a maniac at this point. Mm -hmm. And I sublet from a friend around the corner from the club Pasha. And mm -hmm. we drink and they do drugs. And we go to Pasha every single night. I'm in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I mm -hmm. mean, and it was just such a mess. I mean, like we smoked cigarettes in the apartment. It was just ridiculous. And like guys lived in the apartment, girls lived in the apartment. I don't even, there were like rooms off of rooms. I didn't even know. Like it was a crazy place to live. And I just go downhill so fast. And I call my mom and I'm like, and I only sublet this place for two months. And I call my mom and I'm like, please, I need to go to a rehab and I need to come move home and like deal with this. Um, and I at, that, at that, at that point, um, what's your, like, are you, are you, you're daily drinking? Yes. Yeah. I mean, what describe the, describe like the amounts and like, you know, how you were daily drinker at that point and like, how the you know. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm almost a daily drinker, like my whole drinking yeah, me too. age 15 to 29. Mm -hmm, me too. If I go to work, I'm not drinking. That was because I, I was like, I need money. I need money to support my habit, my lifestyle. But you're still drinking when you get off work that night. You're just um, not drinking at work. Willie, I am pre-mixing my drinks and putting them in my pocketbook because I can't even wait to walk out the door <laughs> to get to the liquor store yeah. when I walk home. So uh -huh. I pre-mixed cocktails in my purse at work, and that is mm. what gets me through the day, knowing that I'll step out the doors and I'll take a sip of that and just walk home and i'll feel you know i'm free. sure you've drank at work yes yeah um, we all have a lot not a lot yeah i've never had a job 
and I'm sorry, boss, if you ever hear this, but I've never had, I've never once had a job I didn't drink at. I've never had a job I didn't do LSD at, and I did a lot of construction. Like, it's ridiculous. But that doesn't mean I drank. Yeah, I didn't always drink. Building off a root and eye. Yeah, it's a little yeah, weird yeah, on the side. Yeah, I was yeah. getting Yeah, no. There was a guy, there's a guy in the rooms. I won't use his name on here. Um, actually, I'll use his first name. You, no one, you know, whatever. It's Ron. You know Ron? Ron. I. Ron. So, so I'm at, I'm about, I'm hitting bottom, right? I'm doing coke all night. I'm drinking all night. I'm taking three showers in the morning because the first two didn't work. I'd run out of drugs. I'd leave work at 10 o'clock to say I was going to Napa and I'd, I'd get like seltzers because I thought you couldn't smell the seltzer. And anyways, here comes in Ron with his little truck. He's never met me before and he wants some pea gravel. He backs up to the pile. Well, I had no drugs. I was a bad hangover. So I took two tabs of acid for a hangover cure. And this is my first time meeting Ron. And I got my big old loader bucket over his truck. And I'm like sprinkling. The bucket is larger than his entire truck. And I'm sprinkling material in the back of his truck. We get on like hotcakes. Oh, hey, man, it's nice to meet you. I'm Willie. Da, da, da. Two weeks later, I'm in rehab. I get out of rehab. I'm going to a meeting and I'm like, dude, you're that guy. <laughs> I was so fucked up when I was loading your truck, man. <laughs> it's like horrible horrible yeah so anyways um i just find it so impressive with your story that you're so self-aware the whole time and you call your mom and you're just like i need to go to a rehab so i am obsessed with dr drew i have been since before i got sober okay I love this man. Like, I worship him. You is know this when Celebrity is? Rehab is popular? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Bob Forrest, the other guy in the show. Love him. Love him. Incredible. So I'm self-educating. As, because I know I'm an alcoholic, right? I mm-hmm. know that I'm 17. So I'm self-educating about alcoholism. I'm learning about alcoholism as I'm, like, descending into madness. But I'm, I'm learning about this disease. And... Like, I can't even tell you how much they helped me. Mm-hmm. I knew, and I, I attempted to get sober many, many times. And I knew that you could try and it couldn't work. And then you could try again and it could possibly work. So, so you had, before this, before the subletting, you had occasionally tried to take some breaks from drinking. I tried. Yeah. And I couldn't. And then once I go to the outpatient rehab, that's when I start to try to get sober from age 24 to 29 Mm -hmm. and I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But I go to meetings every few months. You were already attending AA. uh, After the rehab stint. Okay. After rehab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I move out of the city. I go to that outpatient rehab. I live at my mom's and I'm doing great. Right. And I'm like counselor's favorite, you know, like I did that whole thing. Oh, like mm-hmm. I'm, so good. I'm mm-hmm. cured. Like, let me lead everyone else. Let me mm-hmm. show them what it's like to be sober. I'm sober three weeks, like yada, yada. And, <laughs> and, um, and then I'm like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm done with rehab. I tell the counselor and I'm going to go to the city tonight. Cause it's like cute guy asked me to go hang out and I'm not going to drink. <laughs> like, you know, you could finish the story, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
that night. Finish the sentence. <laughs> yeah. Finish the sentence. So yeah, I drink, duh. And um and then that it just then it's like age 24 to 29 is a hell that I would wish upon no one, but it was a hell that I needed. Yeah. Describe it a little bit. It's uh, I mean, so I'm drinking against my will at this point mm -hmm. because I do not want to live like this anymore. I have friends and relationships. I have friends getting good jobs. I see people progressing in their life and I'm at a standstill and it's like Groundhog's Day and I'm embarrassing the shit out of myself because mm -hmm. I'm at that point, like I'm, I'm just dumping alcohol on my body constantly and I'm becoming like it feels like less than human almost and i'm just so that phrase drinking and... against your own will yeah it's like you know what i mean like it gives me like like that feeling in my back because i know that feeling but it's just like yeah yeah i'm like it's i'm a... vacant i'm inaccessible mm -hmm. like i'm just i'm going nowhere i have all these things i want to do in my life and I can't just get this one thing and I keep trying, but I can't do it. So what the hell happens? <laughs> the best thing of my entire life is stupid guy. And I don't even care. I'm still kind of resentful against him. <laughs> best. I mean, my therapist is like, you should send edible arrangements to that man. I get involved with i'm not going to say another alcoholic i'll say someone who might have alcohol abuse disorder or someone who likes to drink the way i like to drink anyways this this person's like really likes me and i don't like them and i finally give them a chance and then it turns into this push-pull game right that we love to play and so it's two unavailable people that love to drink and it was just this crazy mess. And I ended up like, and he was in my friend group and I end up like almost like begging him to be in a relationship with me. And mm -hmm. I couldn't get this guy to commit to me. And it was pissing me off so much and making me so upset and feel making me feel so worthless. Mm -hmm. And I, have you know we go to this wedding we get in this huge drunk fight and then i like stop talking to him because he's like you know what like i'm not ready for a relationship blah 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 and i'm like okay fine so then i like find out when i'm on this drunk binge like a month later he's like texting me or i i miss you blah 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 all this stuff and i call my friend i'm like why is this guy texting me this like i haven't talked to him in months and he, she's like oh you don't know he moved in with someone like two weeks after you guys, he told you he didn't want a relationship. So I flip out. Like I flip out and I found out it was like in a town where I was like looking at an apartment. We would have lived down the street from one another. And like, so I'm, a, I'm surrounding myself with friends that don't warn me about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to engage and be in a relationship with this unavailable person. And I literally had like a light bulb over my head. And I was like, I was like, fuck this. Like, I am done. 
I am done with hanging out with these people. I am done with chasing these unavailables. I am done with being unavailable myself. And like, I am done with this bullshit. And like, it, it was so powerful. And in hindsight, yes, it was different from those other times. And it was the scariest thing ever, but the most liberating and exciting thing ever. And I blocked that person. I don't even know. I think I still have them blocked in my phone. And I stopped talking to those friends. And I was like, now I'm ready to give up those people, places and things. They're holding me back. And I'm ready to commit to sobriety. And I went to a meeting that day. Yeah, tell me, tell me about committing to sobriety. Because I'd love to give the audience a little bit about like you know, you meeting Dan and this, the mm. stuff that you're doing now, like I don't get enough to the gifts of sobriety and people's story. And here we are. So like, I'd love to know about early recovery. What, what, what went right? Mm. You know what I mean? What, what did you do? You know, I will say that I did a lot right in the beginning. I set a really strong foundation for myself. And I think that was because I tried so many times and failed. And it's because I wasn't willing to do those things. Like, because when I would look at people in recovery, I'm like, that's too hard. I can't do that when I would go to these meetings. And then when I was ready to commit to sobriety, I was like, drinking's too hard. So I'm going to do this. So that kind of switched in my mind. Mm hmm and I got a this really meaning good. like this meaning like um, going to a lot of meetings or like doing service or. Yeah, I mean, I did. I went to a meeting every day. Mm -hmm. I got a sponsor right away. I I raised my hand. I said my day count. I got friends and my sponsor was like an angel in my life. She's no longer my sponsor because I moved up here, but she is like, I mean, a gift from God to me. She's the most beautiful person and you know i credit her for like you know helping she's helped save my life and she told me anyone that has less time than you i don't care you have two weeks someone that has one week you give them your number and you ask them out for coffee so i just start doing this like, really oh. yeah and i did it i did so much service in the beginning and it started to feel good mm -hmm. and did you like the meetings at that loved point them. loved them and you used to not like them or you always kind of liked them always loved them okay I'm you like, always like i'm like that too i've always like them. right away i'm like i like these meetings and i would be so mad at myself for drinking and doing drugs i'm like because <laughs> i didn't want the people at the meetings not to like me anymore and then i'd get mad i was like because then it's like um you know the people i used to drink with don't want to drink with me anymore because i'm the kid that went to rehab mm -hmm. And then the people at the meetings, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, well, they hate me now because I'm drinking again. <laughs> like I'm like, like I need that friend that likes me either way, <laughs> you know, which isn't that, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. I mean, I always love them because I'm like, damn, these people are interesting. And like, how yes. bad do you have yeah. to be if like your drinking and drugging takes you to a level where you have to stop entirely? And yes, yes. So I always found people really interesting. And it's the best show on earth. Like I put my dollar in a basket and <laughs> I hear people compete for whose life was more fucked up. And they're like, they can't wait to get their hands up. Like, wait, wait, you did that. Where do you hear about this one? I did this. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, 
hear the most outrageous tales from like yeah i see like little preppy looking girls and they'd be like oh i you know pooped my pants on the street or something <laughs> yeah that's the story like yeah wild there's this one girl i will not use her name we use ron we're, and she said i'm the type i used to poop in my party dress and i'm like oh and i'm like and like and like my sponsor guys like how would you like to hang out with her i was like oh dude we'd get along I was like, like you know what i mean like i like the ones that poop in their party dress man that's my kind of people you know i was like too vain for that but um yeah so i'm loving it and it takes everything that i have i will say that all i did was go to my job and i would go to meetings at lunch or i would go after work and it took i mean for me to get sober mm -hmm. i can't even believe in hindsight how much strength that really took and i don't think i could ever do that again it i i cried every single night i cried myself to sleep for six months mm -hmm. and no joke. I mean, I was mourning the loss of your best friend, alcohol. It's like, I want to think of something like my soulmate. <laughs> yeah. No, like that's a real thing. Like you, like, um, I heard a speaker say that once it stuck me. You have to grieve the loss mm -hmm. of, of your best friend, whatever drug of choice is for me. It's all at one inclusive resort of all the things, but it's like, that was the only comfort you had. That was, you know, everything felt like a lie. I know. Yeah. And so I'm rebuilding, but I'm going to meetings. I'm making friends. I go on like a sober camping trip. I made lots of friends with girls and it was great. And I'm feeling good. I don't have a pink cloud. That was not my experience. It was mm -hmm. very tragic and difficult. And I had to set a lot of boundaries with people and I had to ignore a lot of people and I had to not hang out with certain people and some of them came back into my life. Some of them did not. Mm -hmm. And I really had to advocate for myself. I feel like we don't even talk about this enough. Getting sober, so much of it requires advocating for yourself. Like being like, no, I am not hanging out with you. Like, no, I can't do that. And being okay with, you know, setting those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, it's, and, and that is a skill that I have never had. It's like um, I'm learning about money now, you know, because I've always been so poor. I don't have the financial skills. I can earn money, but I don't know how to treat it once it's in my hands, you know? And like, I never, I'm sure my parents tried to teach me how to advocate for myself, but that's a really good point. Yeah. You know, what you're saying, like, you really do have to like, stick up for yourself you have to protect your recovery like a baby like your little newborn baby that's how you have to treat recovery you do it's no joke and i find myself i get triggered by newcomers that don't respect recovery mm -hmm. maybe that's because i didn't for so long and i know mm -hmm. what it takes to really get sober and i know how hard it really is and i'm like i'm like yo have respect for how hard it is in a way yeah yeah, and it's it is the most challenging thing I've ever done. Yeah, hands down. I, but I what about what about the gifts that have come to you? You know, and we've touched on them a little bit, but I've gotten. I mean, more than I could ever even hope for or dream of. And 
so much of it started with an internal shift. I just set my recovery as a foundation of my life and then everything like built from there. But I feel like, you know, the internal gifts, like I'm more in touch with my intuition. I'm more comfortable with myself. Like I remember going into meetings early on and I would see these women and I'd be like, they look so comfortable with themselves. You know, you mm-hmm. have that like, aura and that peace and you just like radiate that kind of energy. And I wanted that so bad. And, you know, with time, I feel like I've, I've just gotten to a place where I just have built self-esteem and I've gotten smarter and I've been able to like revisit um, that little girl who like had so much potential. I've been able to kind of like touch base with her and pick up where she left off. And, you know, the external gifts, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I live in a beautiful home. Our house is peaceful. I have a son. Mm-hmm. I have a husband. I got a question. What are, is there anything that you learned in recovery or in the program that is helping you right now being a new parent? Is there any, is there any recovery tools that you're using or maybe you should use? <laughs> I should use all of them and <laughs> probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's, it is a blueprint for life. You know, it's called a design. It's a design for living. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything helps me with everything. And mm-hmm. the fact that, I complicate everything and I don't have to. Everything is much more simple than I make it out to be. Mm -hmm. I think just being in the present moment, being of service to others in and outside the rooms, um, what's making me a good parent? I, I mean, honestly, like the fact that my child gets to grow up in a sober home. It's incredible. That can't be understated. My no. child, my child didn't. My yeah. son is seventeen, and so yeah. I, I talked about this with Dan last week. What a gift for you guys! It's such a blessing for that kid. Yeah, I mean, I get really choked up thinking about it because I know how hard it is to grow up in an alcoholic home. So, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I just know that, like, I go to meetings, so you don't have to go to meetings. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of been like my tagline. Like, I'll work mm-hmm. this. Program to the best of my ability so that you hopefully don't have to yeah yeah um like i i want to ask one more question and i'm gonna let you go because we're doing really good and i don't know anything about astrology oh my god astrology what's up with that okay so like some people might think you know it's so woo woo and whatever everyone's all into that but Mm -hmm. i've always my nickname is magic a lot of Mm -hmm. people magic because I can like read tarot and I I'm very strong intuition and um, I could be like a little psychic. And I found this woman who I'm like, I want to get my birth chart read because I'm into Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I find this woman and I just like fall in love with her and she's an astrologer and she's just so spiritual and so beautiful. And I go to her, I get a few readings and it changes my life. Like I start learning more about myself through my birth chart and through Mm -hmm. eating with a consulting astrologer. And I'm like, Catherine, when are you going to start hosting classes? She's like, soon, soon I will. 
And she's a South African woman. She's like, Michaeli, you have the astrology gift. Um, you know, she's always like encouraging me. And so she started classes and I enrolled in them and I'm graduating from my second year in four weeks. And she's given me uh, clients and she's given me event work. And it's been such a cool thing to connect with. Like, that's one of the coolest things I think in recovery is that we get to explore like what works for us in mm -hmm. our lives, not what works for other people. Like, I don't want to look at, and I used to do this. I look at, oh, okay. This is the blueprint for life because Mary, Maggie, and Susan live like that. And they're my friends. I'm like, no, what works for McKaylee? Like what's going to make me feel most fulfilled in my life? What makes me feel most authentic in my life? And that like recovery has helped me with that. People live such interesting lives and you're like, oh shit, like I can do that too. I can live, I can be more, I can be true to who I am and that, therefore be happier and therefore give more to others. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about, um, so I became like addicted to recovery mm -hmm. and like the recovery process and going through the steps. Like I've been through the steps three times. I was working on a fourth, but I'm waiting for my sponsee to catch back up with me so we can get back through it together. And, um, whom I love shout outs, to, shout outs to my homeboy. He knows who he is. <laughs> and, um, and now it's like, and I, I feel like this kind of goes full circle with what you were saying earlier. It's like, not that astrology is your hobby, but it seems to get you in that flow state, that creativity flow state. You know, it seems to give you passion. It does, yeah. And I started to make a little money off it. And Good. I, yeah. I'm an event manager as my regular job, but, like, this is starting to build yeah. traction. And I always wanted to work for myself. And so that is the end goal. Yeah. Um, and that when when that happens, I feel like I have arrived. Yeah, and I shouldn't be trying to make money off AA. Like I just—that's a bad idea for me to get like, hmm, hmm. I'm gonna turn this twelve-step thing into like a money lucrative situation. Yeah. Any sponsors yeah. to the Willie Show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? It's you know. Listen, right now I have such a passion for doing this because. Uh, it's my favorite podcast. Like I put out the episode and I listen to it when I'm at work, which is like, there's I, that's weird, right? But like, it helps me out. I've met like the most incredible people so far already. Like, um, I don't know if you heard. If I could recommend one episode to you personally, like knowing, like you and this conversation, go listen to Lynette. Okay. I I went to this meeting last night on Zoom. Uh, and um, there was like 100 people on a Zoom meeting. And this lady, Lynette, who I had on my podcast, and she lit the world on fire. She had me crying, laughing, dying. I got off I got off the Zoom. I threw down my headphones, and I was like jazzed up. I'm like ready to recover the world. So um, go, go find Lynette's episode. It is amazing. But her episode was nothing like her qualification. Cool. The story is the same. Her qualifications on on steroids. She says it's on steroids. It's on super steroids. It's like <laughs> whoa, but like um, just as a human being, being able to meet Lynette, someone if I wasn't podcasting, I wouldn't have met Lynette. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And to pay you a compliment too, you have a very good podcasting voice. Thank you. 
And I think that what makes you so passionate about recovery is how hard it was for you, like me, going in and out. Trying- oh, you saw, you watched yeah. me go in and out and in and back out. So when you try that many times and it finally clicks, it like, it is, there's no better feeling. Yep. Yep. And, um, and then you latch on to the person that like, when I see someone and someone like is betting against them, like, Mm. I got you dog. Like you're my homie. Like come hang out with me because like, if this program can't work for you and you actually do it, like Dan was talking last week about like, we can guarantee this if you do these things, like if it doesn't work for you, then it shouldn't work for me. But you have to do the things. You can't fuck off. You have to do the things that you're supposed to do. You have to go to meetings. You have to do the steps. You have to do service. If you want the results someone like your husband got. Yeah. You know what I mean? And will not do your work for you. (laughs) I know, but I want to. I'm like, dude, just just like... To have artificial intelligence write your first step then. So we can, I just want a fifth step. So I just That's want, you know. To you. Yeah. yeah I, mean, <laughs> I, I say that a lot to newcomers. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Um, yeah. I, that's something I'm so proud of is yeah. how much effort I put in. So yeah, I'm, you should be. You should like, be. If you don't want to do the work, then God bless you. Yeah. But I you're still that. there for, like, you know, I'm right here when it's, you know. Yeah. Um, If you're not going to put in what I put in, then I can't meet you where you're at. Watching someone get their life together is so awesome. I'm so happy for you and Dan and for the, for the, for the new one on the block. And yeah. um, Best of luck with astrology. I hope I see you guys at the Memorial day picnic. Maybe, maybe Maybe. it's going to be a hoot nanny. It's going to be a hoot (laughs) nanny this year. So I do want to ask you though, are you a Gemini? No. Oh, you can guess. I'm so, so I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I think I must be not, I'm, I don't think I'm like astrology typical. Well, no. Have you seen your whole chart? I don't know. I don't even know. I just know the word that's associated with my birth date. That's what I know. Here is what I would like to give to you. It's a gift from me and you can record it or not record it it's recording no i mean like in the future i'll read your chart for you for free you just if you're interested and i'll give you some information about yourself should can that be an episode yes listeners if you want to hear (laughs) my live reading email us at willyshowpodcast at gmail.com no i would like but you get one more guess because i don't think what you do is about guessing people's astrology sign. That's ridiculous. This is just your sun sign. So you could have a moon sign in Gemini, which is what I think might be possible because you've got the gift of gab. I'm so terrified by the moon. No, don't terrified. Do you know why? Cause, um, my mom used to keep a chart on me and she said, every time there was a full moon, I would have a manic episode. That's common. And my wife's really into the moon so it would freak me out. Like people would be like, ah, oh, she's a moon goddess. And I'd be like, ah, I'm terrified. Cause I, every, t- I'll shave right now. And the next time there's a full moon, I have a full beard. Yeah. Well, so I know, I don't know about Gemini, but I'm definitely werewolf. Yeah. Well, you've got the gift of gab, which I also have. I feel like if we didn't turn this off, like it would yeah. go on for yeah. seven hours. No, that's what happens. And I like that. Cause that's <laughs> content. 
Um, no, I'm a Virgo, though, which pisses me off. Why? It's ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication. But and I'm supposed to be organized or whatever? Really? I'm not organized. On the planet of service. I mean, sorry, the sign of service. For real? Virgo, yes. What's ruled up, Virgos? I like that. Mercury is the planet of communication. But so. if I'm messy, so I feel. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get. Okay, this is yeah. we're going. On. But I feel like because when I read Virgo, like organized and like Seems clean, boring, right? I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm being disrespectful to my fellow Virgos because I'm a fucking slob. You know, like I'm not, I'm not fitting in the line. I would be. Then someone told me, oh. Your birthday is the 27th, so 2 and 7 equals 9, so then you, but that makes you a Leo. And I'm like, what? Because Leo sounds fun. Yeah, Leo's fun. They get to do whatever they want. Virgo sounds boring, right? I'm down to be boring. I'm no. down. <laughs> Listen, Willie, I'm sure you have very exciting energy in your chart. That is just one small fraction of the whole puzzle piece. This is very exciting. Yeah. So we're you know, about this. a few months down the road, whenever you need more content, um, I'll read for you on air. Okay. I, it might not be a few months. You, you, you put it out there to the universe. So <laughs> you're like, it just sounds so awesome. I'm very interested. I'm very interested. I listen, we're reaching at least 50 people with this episode. So one of those people, if you need, you know, a good, an excellent reading by a qualified professional, yeah. I know somebody. Yes, please. So, because so. this person wants to work for themselves. So help make that dream come true. And yeah. buy everything. Yeah. Thank you so much, McKaylee. Thank you so much for having me. I, You once told me, and this will be the last thing I said, you once gave me the best compliment, one of the best compliments I ever received after I qualified. I don't think you even know that. Oh, shit. I remember it. You do? No. <laughs> so you do know. <laughs> Something about... Uh, go ahead. Oh, they were like the best quality. I don't know. Tell me. I I remember. <laughs> yeah, the you told me I was the best ever. No, you were like, Michaeli, yo, that was master class. Yes, master class. That was a master class speak. That's when you qualify. It's like that. Yep. I always will tell Dan. I'm like, Willie said I was master class. Like that made me feel so good. And yeah. I remember it to this day. So I always appreciate that you said that well i meant it thank you so much and dan and dan is master class also oh my god you guys are taking over the world <laughs> dan has you rolling on the floor yes crying, laughing. i used to get so mad if he'd qualify like <laughs> the first time i qualified at a meeting it was like after my 90 days i'll end with this i was pumped like I'm listening to speaker tapes. I'm learning how to be the qualifier. Yeah. And a week before that, Dan qualifies at the meeting I'm supposed to qualify. <laughs> and he he was lights out. It was yeah. he was so dynamo. And those like everybody oh my and I was like, shit, I'm screwed. <laughs> like I can't tell Dan's story. I have to tell my own. And I never know what's coming out when I qualify. It's the worst or the best. Dan is incredible, and his story is... He helps so many people, man. He doesn't even know how many people he helps. He has no clue. Dan has the biggest heart, and I don't... Yep. People probably know this, but he will take a recovery call any time of the day, any time of the night. He mm -hmm. helps so many people that people don't even know about. Like, mm -hmm. I, I swear, I'm like, some, sometimes I'm like, dude, are you, like, running a rehab? Like, why are mm -hmm. all these people calling you? 
He just gets calls. His calls. sobriety is so attractive. Yeah. His yeah. recovery is ridiculously attractive. You're just like, how do I get that? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, he's worked really hard for it. Yeah. So if you want to hear about Dan, <laughs> go back to last week's episode. <laughs> We're not going to say, oh, one more thing and I'll end with this. No, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's such a pleasure. Such a pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you so much. I'll send you a link when this is done. Send this to your friends because you probably have, you could probably double my listenership based on your Rolodex. You're the best. I'm so in awe of what you're doing and keep going. Keep going with it. All right. All right. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, dude. That was awesome. I think I'm getting a free birth chart reading, astrology reading out of that. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. Is that real? That sounds fun. If you guys want to experience my live birth chart, or astrology reading, moon chart, or like yeah. the whole yep. nine, email us at willyshowpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Please don't forget, we love you guys so much. It's really important. We're an independent podcast in our early development, and we really need you guys to like and share. We've got really excited things coming up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was awesome. I, I really liked, um, anything stick out to you in particular? What about like the, I, I loved your story about drinking Lucille Ball's grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Magic. Some crazy stuff went on there. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> it's just so cool to, 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 you know, talking to Dan and then talking to her and the way they talk about each other and the yeah. way they found love in recovery. It's just awesome. It is. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm glad I got to hear both both yeah. stories. Um, and she yeah she mentions a couple things that like, you know that that stuck out. But um, one thing I love is that she said her sister's her soulmate. Yeah, you because can, my sister's my soulmate yeah, also. So you I can was identify like, with that. yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff I identified with McKaylee and um, but yeah, that was really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so. What do, what do you think? We, we, we've tortured them enough tonight with our insane banter. Shout-outs to Gregory. Gregory. Thank you for a great brand-new segment. And shout-outs. better outs. come up with more jokes. Yeah. I got to come up with more jokes. Yeah. Yeah, of course I can. <laughs> shout-outs to Uncle Danny for now being part of our buttons. Shout-outs to all of our wonderful listeners. Thank you, everybody, for supporting our little podcast. And... Um, yeah, it's been another awesome night. Next week's going to be fantastic. We absolutely love you. We're going to take you out with the Uncle Danny montage. But I couldn't even imagine doing that at all. I'm looking forward to putting Brady into retirement. So again. good. Have you ever put an e-pill up it's your butt? so good. But, no. And no putting pills it's up so the butt. ridiculous. Yep. Um, I would think that all of it's overrated. Yes, I would go with that. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) Don't forget to send in those emails, everybody. Yeah, where are your emails? Where's the emails? We know you love Zeta. Just (laughs) tell her about it. Tell us what we can do better. Write us a poem. Write us a poem. Write us a freaking short story. Give us a topic. Entertain us. Entertain us. (laughs) We want listen. Yeah. We're going to keep on podcasting. This is just the beginning. Oh, isn't tonight a lunar eclipse? It's a lunar eclipse. Yeah. I'm afraid of the moon. Yeah, we we heard on your... The moon terrifies me.
Good night.